Everybody, we'll get started. Uh, this is May 22nd, uh, City of Brexville Recreation Commission meeting. Uh, I'd like to call the meeting to order. In uh, Mr. Ganim's absence, he's got some sick children. He apologizes. He's not here tonight. Uh, but we'll start off with the uh, Pledge of Allegiance. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God. Indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Okay. All right, and we'll start with a roll call, Nicole. Follower is absent. Firestone absent. Hannah absent. Hannah? Here. Fern here. Lazaridis? Here. Molesky? Here. All right, thank you. And next, uh, I know Carolyn emailed out these minutes if everybody's had a chance to uh, review the meetings from our previous March 20th meeting. Move for a uh, vote to approve those. Second. Who said first? Andy. Nick, and then yeah. I seconded it. Oh, here's Chuck, by the way. Nick and then boy Andy. Um, sorry. Bullower? Here. <laughs> Hannah? Yes. Kern? Yes. Lazaridis? Yes. Molesky? I will abstain since I was not at the last meeting. All right. Thank you. Uh, next, we'll move on to a mayor's report. Rachel, do you have anything from the mayor or nothing tonight? Uh, nothing this evening. He just apologized that he could not attend. Okay. All right. And. Uh, Next, we have the council representatives report um, from Mr. Ganim. He has uh, forwarded something to Rachel and I in his absence. I'll uh, go ahead and read that. And Nicole, you don't have to put this in the minutes. He emailed it also, so okay. we can just copy and paste it. Thanks. Um, okay, from Mr. Ganim. First and foremost, I hope that each and every one of you join us at the upcoming Memorial Day Parade and service. Let us come together as a community to pay our respects and show our gratitude. I look forward to seeing many familiar faces on this special occasion. Now I would like to take a moment to extend a warm welcome to Mr. Joseph Kickle. We are delighted to have him join our Brexville family as our new Director of Service. Mr. Kickle brings a wealth of experience and a deep passion for community engagement. I'm confident that his leadership and dedication will contribute greatly to the betterment of our town. Next, in the spirit of acknowledging the hard work and dedication of our community members, I would like to offer my heartfelt congratulations and best wishes to Mr. Ron Weidig. As many of you know or may not know, Ron had his official last day with us this past Friday. Throughout his tenure, he has consistently exemplified excellence and commitment in serving our community. And looking ahead, I am thrilled to remind you all that Home Days is just around the corner, only a month away. This much-anticipated event is a true celebration of our community spirit. As we make preparations, I would like to express my gratitude to those of you who are part of the Rec Commission and volunteering to help with the inflatables area. Your willingness to lend your time and energy is truly commendable. Thank you for your commitment. Next, we will uh, move to the athletic area report you forgot me. oh did i oh i apologize oh sorry recreation <laughs> director's report rachel thanks nick 
Um, good evening, everyone. So first and foremost, our mother-son soiree was a hit. It went off extremely well. We had a lot of happy young men and their mothers. Everyone looked beautiful and was dressed to the nines, so they looked great and had a wonderful time. I would like to echo what AJ said, just um, communicating our Memorial Day Parade steps off at 11 a.m. here at City Hall. If you'd like to walk in the parade or participate, we can be on the sides of the streets um, and watch the parade as it goes. I would like to mention the community center is open on Memorial Day, 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. Our pool is open noon to 5 p.m. Summer registration for aquatics and tennis is open. Those are going well. Aquatics is filling up. Um, Jamie will be able to comment on tennis, but just a reminder for those. We have an acting camp going on, a specialty camp. Um, it has, we've been having multiple sessions, but this one is one of the longer ones, uh, longer portion of the day. It's July 10th through the tw 21st, and that registration is open. We're having a couple signups already taking place. Uh, quick kids' quarters update. We had a meeting with... Um, well, one, I don't know if everyone's aware that we uh, were, we received two grants. One was the ODNR Land and Water um, Conservation Fund, and we got $500,000. And then we would need to match that in kind labor or with money from the city. And then we got an additional one that's the ARPA District 6 uh, American Rescue Plan Act. And that was for $250,000. And that's mainly to focus on the outer trail of Kids Quarters. So with that Kids Quarters update, our first phase is going to be making that ADA accessible. Mm -hmm. So that front portion, um, we'll get a lot of work done to it uh, with the parking lot. Um, par not affecting the parking lot too much, but making that um, better for wheelchair accessibility, um, strollers. Um, and anyone walking that would need a smoother entrance. That phase will not begin until 2024. Kathy, myself, and um, Brian Stuckey have had some work sessions. And we're going to continue those. Now working on, we're trying to get some pricing back from some of the playground manufacturers that we've been talking to. So hopefully we'll have some pricing, and I'm hoping to get that for us for next meeting, just to throw out some numbers of really what we'll be spending on um, our new items that'll be up there. We have our art classes posted for June through August. There's also a printed brochure with all of them listed, and those can be found at the community center. We had a pickleball tournament this past weekend, and it was awesome. <laughs> it went very, very smooth, so thank you to Recreation for all your hard work for that with um, Jamie and Carolyn helped out a ton. We had 76 participants, so we had 38 teams playing. We had three divisions. We had a men's, women's, and mixed doubles. We had eight courts in the field house, and everyone was very complimentary. Um, some of them have been emailing us some feedback or some other things that they were just suggesting, but otherwise overall happy, and we had a really good weekend. So looking forward to doing more of that in the future. Um, another thing, I would like to... Um, extend good luck and happy retirement to Ron Whitick, um, our service director. He was wonderful in my time frame that I was here. He helped out with many recreation projects um, and we're sad to see him go but happy for him to spend time with his grandchildren and family so we wish him all the best and thank him for all of his hard work that he's done and all the projects that he headed and helped us with with recreation.
and then I'd also like to welcome um, Joe Kickle. So we've had a couple interactions so far, and he, um, to echo again what AJ said, his leadership is going to be wonderful for our city, and recreation looks forward to working with him. Last but not least, we have um, the last page in your packet. I have, um, which we will get to when we get to our old business, I have some of the turf pricing updates uh, with Paul Franks that I reviewed with him. And then also we talked a little bit about where our AEDs are located in our city. So those are all listed out for you um, for what we have. You know, still working with uh, Chief Zamiska. Monica and myself have not been able to find any grant money within the state of Ohio right now, but um, it's still a work in progress. But I just wanted to have that updated sheet for you guys as well. We talked about it at the last meeting. And that is all I have, Nick, thank you. All right, great, thank you. Uh, next, we will move on to the athletic area report. Thanks, Nick. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, Little Hitters is wrapping up next Wednesday. Um, it, we've, we've ran this program in the past. It was new this year uh, for a new coach. Um, we're overly thrilled with uh, Victoria and her job that she's doing. Um, you know, the gentleman that ran it in the past, couldn't commit to it this year. So having a new instructor with that group of kids is always, um, with that young of kids is always a challenge, but a lot of positive feedback. So we're thrilled. Um, and she looked, she sounds like she's willing to do it the next uh, for foreseeable future. So that's, that's definitely exciting. Um, BSA Soccer Academy has a couple more weeks left. Um, baseball and softball games started tonight. Um, so they've been practicing the last couple weeks, and they start games tonight. Uh, T-ball and machine pitch start the week of June 5th, and all that will be on the turf up at Blossom. Um, just ran the numbers, actually, this morning just to see where we're at as far as uh, last year, and we are actually the same exact number of participants, which is pretty wild. <laughs> um, so we between our t-ball and our high school baseball league all the divisions in between we have 420 participants uh co-ed softball we have eight teams and they uh two that's two teams up from last year and they started uh yesterday and they'll play double headers on sunday evenings throughout um throughout the summer and and probably mid-july Registration is currently open for our youth tennis tennis program that uh, Rachel mentioned. Uh, this year, the youth tennis program will actually be taking place at the high school. Um, so we talked with the high school. Um, uh, Mark Maslona uh, had approval from the superintendent as well. Um, just to kind of go back and forth on our partnership. Um, so they're allowing us to use their courts, which, which frees up our, our courts for public play. I, that was always a challenge in the, in the summer months because, you know, we try to schedule our stuff in the morning. Well, that's when the tennis courts are heavily used. So to avoid that completely, we're able to access the new courts at the high school. So we're very appreciative of that. Um, registration is also open for our bocce league. Uh, service just got done uh, redoing the bocce courts, um, putting all new wood around um, the two courts. It looks fantastic. I'm sure uh, Rachel or I will share some pictures um, in, in the meeting follow-up, let you guys all see those. 
Um, adult tennis, um, it's a program we probably started, I want to say, two years ago. Um, those are on t Tuesday evenings. Um, we still have room for our, our June, July, and August sessions. Um, those are on Tuesday evenings from 6 to 7.30. Um, registration is also open for Run For Your Life. Uh, that, that's a program, a CVYO program, uh, ran and, and coached by Brian Stuckey. So that will be on Monday and Wednesday mornings at 10 or, uh, 9 a.m., excuse me, um, on uh, Tony Nikolai turf, turf field up at Blossom. For conditioning. For conditioning, correct. Um, youth, youth volleyball camp, registration is open for that, and that will be July 24th through the 26th at the Fieldhouse. Um, that is taught by uh, Stacy Prophet and Amy Dubasek, um, the two physical education teachers at the elementary school. All have a wealth, vast experience coaching, coaching volleyball. So we're, we're lucky that they're willing to do this, and we're, we're excited to get that going in the summer. We're also running a youth track camp. Um, Rick Sistone is a is a resident of Brexville. He's always working out at the at the community center. Um, he's a master track and field athlete. Um, so and I want to say he's in his mid fifties. So he's still competing. Um, he he did some training at the field house, and now he's you know wants to do a, a camp for the kids. Um, strictly running events. Um, and that will be July 17th through the 21st, uh, 10 a.m. to 11.30 uh, He also did some coaching at the high school as well. Yes, he used to coach at the high school as well. Thank you. Yeah. What are the ages on that camp for the track? 8 to eight 17. To 18. Nice. Or 18. Yeah. 17 or 18. So, again, you, you know, we're, we're at a little, uh, little slowdown at the field house. It's not a bad thing. Um, we've been slammed since since, since uh, November, um, but again, it's you know, once once school gets out, we'll we'll ramp it back up. Um, you know, busy summer field house. We'll have summer leagues in there in the evenings, a couple days a week. Um, we have July co completely booked with camps. Um, we're also hosting a Guardians, a Cleveland Guardians camp on field E and F. And that is July 17th through the 21st. Um, we'll, sh we'll share a flyer with the minutes for that as well. Um, so that's it as far as summer goes. Um, I think I mentioned in a couple meetings how we, we partnered with Empower Sports, which is an organization um, that deals with disabilities and provides athletic opportunities for these individuals. So this past, this past uh, spring, we did basketball with with the group, and they were they were they were thrilled for the opportunity to use the field house. Um, the parents were very appreciative. The organization, the kids, absolutely loved it. Out there having a great time. Um, so I met with the executive director. Um, let me backtrack. So we 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 posted about the opportunity. Residents were thrilled that the field house is being utilized in that capacity. Got numerous um, emails or phone calls. How do we, how do we get involved? Um, how do we volunteer? How do we sign up to coach? How do we, how do we help this organization? Um, so I shared that with the executive director. Uh, we met, uh, me and Tom Hines uh, met, um, 
and we kind of talked about what is Empower Sports and how does it fit with the city of Brexville. Um, so our plan, tentative plan, is still to do the basketball in the spring. Um, then towards the end of the summer, early fall, potentially looking at soccer and flag football. That is another sport that they they do. Um, you know, obviously at that point, the turf is not utilized as much as it is. So we have the opportunity to schedule that. Um, then also they do pickleball is one of their new things that the Empower Sports individuals participate with. Um, so really trying to get our footprint together and tightened up just just to provide opportunities throughout the year um, for, for this partnership. Um, last but not least, uh, June 6th, uh, Rachel, myself, will meet with Meg and her CVYO programs um, to plan our upcoming fall fields. Um, so we're always planning months ahead. Um, so in preparation of that meeting, I'll be working with Joe Kickle, the new service director, as well as Brett Keshmar, the service member in charge of the athletic fields to see you know, what projects they plan on doing um, just so we can plan accordingly. Does anyone have any questions? Just to add to that, Jamie, we have a basketball meeting that will be forthcoming with the data second. Correct. One, uh, I did see the bocce courts look great. Um, and I was going to say, is that, I know there was some talk about relocating them. This is, don't, this I don't want to overstep, but I think this is just leading up to that a, point. A, yeah, okay, um, that's what I wanted. Probably go possibly through the phases of kids' quarters. Yeah, so yeah. you know, we still have our set location. The bocce players are, uh, Jamie took a survey, got feedback from them. They're fine if they stayed there because they love the pavilion and the bathrooms. But if they were to move up to Blossom or wherever they would need to move, they're okay with that too. Okay. But um, the service department repaired them. They look beautiful. The bocce mm -hmm. players are very excited about it. Um, and as we work through our phases of kids' quarters, then we'll maybe keep them there or adjust to them being there. Yeah. Okay. Well, they needed to be done. <laughs> yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll just say that. It, I mean, oh, look good. So. Yeah, it would have been unplayable anyways. So. So we're really happy the service department was Absolutely. able to do this to that for us for a, a very good price. <laughs> All right. Anybody else? All right. Next, we'll move on to the aquatic report. Sure. Hey, everyone. Um, so for aquatics, we wrapped up spring. We wrapped up the spring swim lessons. Uh, and I already can't remember any of it. <laughs> But uh, we wrapped up spring, and it was, it was good. It went well. Big classes. Um, registration for summer programs have started. It started a while back. Most of the classes are starting to fill up by now, um, but the numbers are looking good. Our Belugas team, um, we accommodated almost everybody this summer, and our team, I think, sometime, somewhere around 130 for the summer, 130, a little bit higher. So it's bigger than even pre-COVID years, so that's good. Um, we do have additional coaches this year. We have pretty good, pretty strong coaching staff. Um, so it should be a good season for Belugas. Um, we do plan on, like Rachel mentioned, we do plan, oh, before summer, 
We just wrapped up some lessons with the South Suburban Montessori School. They were doing some lessons here in the natatorium during the day as part of their, their like, uh, fitness education. They were doing swim lessons as well as taekwondo classes and yoga. Um, so it was a kind of a whole department thing with them. Um, that was pretty successful. We also just had, for the first time ever, I think, um, we had the St. Albert the Great at Assumption Academy um, school. Um, I want to say they were middle schoolers, if I can't. I don't remember. Sorry, How old were, was Assumption Academy? Assumption Academy, that's correct. How, How old were they? What was it, eighth grade? Seventh and eighth. Seventh and eighth? Yes. Thank you. Um, they did a cardboard regatta in an auditorium. What was that, Tuesday? It was their first one ever, and I think there was 12 boats? Yeah, about. And... Um, they did show up with their boats and realized they were going to have to tape them some more. Uh, so they did some emergency duct taping with their boats. Uh, they had the Ricardo Regatta. It was pretty successful. We swam a little bit afterwards. And then this Friday, we have the Brexel Rugby Heights High School Cardboard Regatta, um, which is usually fun to watch. Um, we do it pretty much every year. It's on the seniors' last day, so it's a lot of fun for them uh, and for us to watch them sink. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, so... Survive. Sink or survive, yeah. Uh, mostly sink. Um, but some of them do. Pre they're pretty creative boats sometimes, so they're, it's, it's fun to watch. Uh, for summer, we're starting, we're opening this weekend, technically. Um, just a quick note for us, in like aquatics at least, some other parts of our creation, but mostly aquatics. Our summer season really is based off of, based off of school summer vacation. So this summer, it's a very short summer for the schools, for the school district. Um, so we're kind of doing pre-season hours. We're opening this weekend as a holiday weekend with the outdoor pool and the activity pool in the auditorium. Um, and then we'll have very limited pre-season hours. Um, so while school is still in session, we'll have mostly evenings and uh, evenings and weekends for the outdoor pool uh, and the activity pool. And then once summer lets out in June, our school lets out in June, we'll have full summer hours. You can find the specifics of those hours. In, on our website, on our Facebook, and just anywhere, at call the front desk at the community center. Um, so full summer hours, once school lets out, um, and then when school does start again, that means our summer season's basically ended. We'll try to have postseason hours, you know, the most that we can, but, um, you know, people get busy, staff gets busy, so it's kind of hard to staff towards the end of the summer. Uh, but the point is, we open this weekend, it should be a good weather, uh, good weather weekend, and we'll keep going after that. Uh, we have, I mentioned programs for summer, they're filling up. We'll have morning sessions and evening sessions. And I want to say that's all that I can remember at the moment. Any questions about upcoming summer stuff? Joe's been working very hard, Joe Radloff. Um, he's currently working, uh, getting the outdoor pool together. Um, we just got the lawn chairs delivered today. We took them out of the trailer, started cleaning them up. Just some of Jamie's guys uh, helped us out today. Um, so we're working pretty hard to get all that ready, um, and it, we are on schedule. And any of the information that Louise mentioned in regards to the summer hours, a specific summer schedule, everything that's allowed or not allowed at the pool, there is um, a brochure, a pamphlet down at the community center that you can pick up, and it also can be found online as well. Mm -hmm. Any questions? Uh, it's complicated. So, yeah. Uh, we have the, the number of staff. We have the staff for lifeguards that we need. Um, we have the numbers. 
uh, I'm not so sure on availability. I'm pretty much competing very aggressively with internships, uh, babysitting jobs, nannying jobs, internships, other jobs, third jobs, vaca- oh, so many vacations. Um, everybody's uh, jobs are getting in the way of their vacations. Um, so we have the numbers. The availability is a bit rough. We are, we should be okay, but I've been wrong before. I'm still kind of nervous about it, but we'll see. We have about, my goal was 80 lifeguards for summer. Um, we're between 80 and 85. Still processing some people, still finishing training some people. Um, I have a very thick pile of paperwork that I need to get through sitting on my desk right now. Um, but yeah, we're, we should be okay on summer lifeguard numbers. Still looking for more, um, mostly because you know everybody's schedules are so busy. Is there a contingency if there's not enough staffing? Absolutely, we shut down. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry, but yes, I mean it, we do need staff to open the pools. Yep. Um, I mean, once we get uh, in bad enough shape, I'll be up in the chair. Um, Joe will be up in the chair with me. I don't know if I can get Rachel up in the chair with me. Uh, <laughs> she won't let me certify her. The um, but um, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll basically push as hard as we can with staff and availability, just like always. Um, but there are limits. You know, we're not immune to extreme staff shortages or life care shortages, just like any facility. Yep. Yeah. Or like you've had to in the past, just to keep the pool open, we might shut down certain features because they take a little bit more. Yeah, we do like try to obviously keep the outdoor pool open open first as the summer. Uh, we'll shut down either the slides in the activity pool or the activity pool itself, or we'll close uh, specific features of the acti- uh, outdoor pool. So there's, you know, we don't just, oh, we're short one guard, we're yeah. closed for the day. We'll try to make it work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Any other questions? All right. Cool. Thank you. Thanks, Luis. Uh, let's next move on to the fitness area report. Hello. Um, <clears throat> I'd like to start off by saying thank you for the approval of the new fitness equipment that was voted on last week, and we'll be receiving a hack squat, a glute drive, and two new treadmills. Um, they should arrive within eight to ten weeks. Um, we continue to have decent numbers attending our classes. Yoga classes have been up to as many as last week, 17 in a class, which is post-COVID, that's probably the best we've had. Uh, The next change in fitness schedule will take place after Labor Day. And as far as our staffing and the fitness area, I've recently hired some new retired people that like to work. So that's made things a little more palatable upstairs. A um, few high school kids have come through, but um, we're focused on the senior <laughs> staffing. Um, and they've worked out wonderfully. And as Luis mentioned, we're just finishing up the Montessori program. Today was the last day. And I think everything went off with just fine. So hopefully we can have them back again. Yeah. My yoga instructors enjoy it. So that concludes my report. Great. Thank you. Any questions? Mm-hmm. All right. Next, we'll, we'll uh, move on to Meg with the CVYO report. Good evening. Okay. So I know that some of the items on the agenda will be addressed by my first comment, but I'll just make the comment anyways of setting up the priorities on the budget for uh, turfing facilities. In our meetings through uh, 
both the CVYO and individual, like BTBA, BSA, lacrosse meetings, so forth. Everybody has their kind of own idea. And I think it would be really valuable if the city pulled together, you know, what their needs are and dictated the priorities. And, you know, I'm sure input from all of our groups would be uh, a value, but I think that that needs to be defined. And I think some of that is going to be forthcoming in this meeting mm-hmm. based on what I see in the agenda. Um, <clears throat> additionally, I was at the city council meeting where they dedicated field E and F to Mike Harwood, mm-hmm. and they dedicated the stadium drive field to uh, Coach DeSantis, and then they coached did the whole complex of Stadium Drive to Coach Baldini. Bellini. Is that his name? Baldini. Baldini. Yeah. And I, I didn't know the gentleman, so bad on the name. But it was very nice to be there at the dedication uh, for all three of those individuals and their great contribution to the community. Um, also that night, kind of as a bonus, they recognized the basketball team, the wrestling team, the swimming team, the debate team, the uh, robotics team, and I'm sure I'm missing gymnastics, gymnastics team, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, so there were a lot of young kids here. They got to witness those fields being you know, named after folks that uh, they've benefited, and then all of the young kids being recognized. So I wish I would have known more than 15 minutes before the meeting. I would have got more people here, but we really didn't have room for them anyway. So, But it was nice that the city of Brexville recognized all the youth of the community and then, again, the significant contri- contributors. So um, I appreciated that, appreciated being at that meeting. Um, I, w- I know this is on the agenda, too, the current status of improvements at stadium and what the plan is uh, for this year. That's a question that I get frequently. And then um, participation fees for 2024. I know we'll talk about it another time, but I just want to get that out there that we need to have that information probably by the July meeting so that programs can plan accordingly. Soccer, football. That's uh, for the fee schedule, I'm sorry? Right, Okay. the fee schedule, participation fee schedule. All of those programs, you know, need to build that fee into their budgets to uh, act accordingly. Um, we have been working uh, kind of a wet early spring, nice the last couple of weeks. Uh, the fields are looking um, playable on the infield, but we want to, as Jamie mentioned, get an idea of what fall projects are going to be done on not only the baseball fields, but the soccer fields and lacrosse fields and all of our facilities so that we can plan proper use in the fall. And then also, you know, we may have some input on things that need to be addressed. Uh, The new transition with uh, Brett taking over and the service department taking over, I think they're getting there. They're not quite there yet, trying to figure out um, what was done in the past and um, having the same type of success rate. So um, I know that they'll get there and they're, you know, easy to work with. And uh, Jamie and myself are talking all the time about things that, you know, need to be addressed. And uh, Brett seems to be pretty responsive. So thanks for that. 
one other thing from the uh, minutes from the last meeting, we mentioned that we were having a clinic and the clinic uh, ended up getting rained out, even though it was on the turf. It was a rainy, cold day, and so that got rained out, and it was not rescheduled. Um, once the teams are up and running, you kind of miss that opportunity. So um, if there's something that can be happen later in the summer or in the fall, we'd most certainly be glad to entertain that. But uh, that did not happen. And then additionally in the minutes, there was talk about the maintenance on field C, and that maintenance did get completed and the field is being used. So wanted to update you on that. The Run for Your Life race, uh, CBYO program is June 25th, Sunday morning um, of home days. And uh, I'm sure Brian Stuckey and his program would uh, love for you to participate in that and get the word out to all the runners that uh, can join in that day. He usually gets a pretty nice turnout. And that's all I have. All right. Thanks, Mike. Any questions? Okay. Uh, next, we'll move on to old business. Uh, Rachel, I know you touched on this a little bit, but the kids' quarters update. Yes, for kids' quarters update. Sorry, I mentioned that in my report. Is there any questions about that or anything that I can address or repeat from what we discussed? Will there be any, like, downtime with the... The updates or will the kids quarters stay open while you're doing the lakefront section so what we're hoping to do is how we section it off that still parts will be open and safe for people to be active on in play okay. so that's um, in the works me and Kathy have been discussing that and trying to separate the areas so yes that is part of the plan so it's great that we got a half a million dollars allocated toward that project but we have to allocate a half a million dollars to get that half a million with either dollar matching or with labor. Okay. So, you know, our service department is well aware of this grant and um, Kathy and I have been discussing and then with Joe and Ron when they were both here, now it'll be with Joe about what items that they can do that they can help save us money on for that project. But yes, we're very thankful to Mar Monica Barkowitz for all her hard work on that and all the other people that were involved in that grant. Um, it's very, very exciting to win for us. Just very helpful for our project. Mm -hmm. And I know the first phase is 20, spring 2024. Yes. And how many phases are there? <laughs> um, hoping that right now I'm thinking two to three. I, most likely three. Okay. Is what I'm thinking, but don't um, hold me to yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, okay. Please. All right. Anybody else? Is there a timeline on like using that money? Yes, there is um, for the ODNR, it's three years, and the ARPA, yeah, ARPA, um, I want to say that one's two. So the ARPA will be, they'll, they'll both roughly be used at the same time with what we're trying to map out right now, but we just had a meeting about that Monaco went over in detail all of the specifics for the grant because it's funded what we need to be used. But three in two years. Well, it's good information to know because when people are asking me what is the city doing for REC, you know, because they're looking at their specific, right. you know, interest. Yes. Understandably. Mm -hmm. Then I can say to them, you know, we're going to be spending a million, two 
Right. Which is a rec project. Yeah, and very exciting one, yeah. Because yeah. that hasn't been, up, I want to say not been updated, that has not been um, renovated within mm -hmm. what, um, the two new play features I think are 15 and 17 years old. The little kids taught and the big kids taught, and then um, that was all built 30 years ago by community members. Yeah. It was a huge community project. So, little just, you know, I want to say uh, upgrade and, you know, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Just renovation. And yeah. definitely the accessibility is a huge part of this project. So, that's why that's going to be the first phase, getting that accomplished. And that phase one, will that likely be the only phase in 2024? Or is. It. Oh, no. Okay. Just, okay. Like we're still in that early development planning stages where we're mapping everything out, but okay. I, I can't say if that will be or not. Yeah. Okay. All right. Sometimes the construction process dictates. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Big time. Yeah. Okay. And then next on the, under old business, uh, the turf pricing update. Uh, so I know this is a handout that everybody has. Um, Rachel, did you want to go over this? Yes. Um, so as you can see, the pricing listed, we asked, um, I believe our turf right now is past its, um, what they were to say, lifetime of being um, redone. Um, so that process will take about one month. And um, Paul Franks came out and looked at the field with us last year, and it is holding up extremely well, you know. Anyone who's been taking care of it has been taking care of it. So we are well past its lifetime right now, but that project is definitely coming soon um, for a need. I asked about turfing the three infields for A, B, and C, and then what it would be to turf just the entire field of A, B, and C and how those prices compare. Um, as you can see, there's quite a price difference. Mm -hmm. uh, and just you know, asking Paul Franks with some of the projects that he's been doing, um, neither of those pricing includes fencing. He made mention, which Jamie and I have discussed, the portable fencing. I believe it's at, um, which field is that at? That yeah, PW right off Bagley Road. Um, but then another one that Carolyn always talks about. What's that other one? That complex that was recently built? Uh, North Ridgeville. North Ridgeville, yeah. that one. And Sandusky does too, yes, Mike. Yeah. yeah. So they had that portable fencing and it's, I've only spoke with the Sandusky people about it, and they love it, and it works really, really well for them. I'm not sure about the pricing of it, uh, but he recommended that just for like the home run distance to be changed and having the ability to have a baseball game going on, but then sectioning off if there's lacrosse or soccer going on in that realm. Um, we asked, I know, because we discussed what what it would be if we, you know, left A, B, and excuse me, A and B just regular grass, um, and then maybe just turf C, because C does have our most drainage problems, and he does not recommend that, because the drain system would, system would need to tie in throughout the whole, I don't want to say the complex back there, but basically the whole complex. So that's not something he would recommend us doing. It was just one little thing that we were looking into to see, because maybe we do C, and then we move to A and B, since they're a little bit smaller. Yeah. You know, if we had to do that one in phases but that's not something that he would suggest us doing. Okay. Also, just since we're talking about the ball fields as it um, pertained to turfing, in council it was approved um, to do uh, the trails back there that lead by the ball fields. 
and then they will be repairing um, some of the fencing that lines the first and third baseline. Is that correct, Jamie? Um, just want to be sure. Uh, so that project will be taking place. I, I don't know the exact time frame of it, but that's something that um, was approved and we had money um, budgeted for back there. So you smooth out some of that um, walkway area for when everyone's coming to the games and um, practices, et cetera. You're talking about the walkway on C? Um, um, a. It, it's it'll start from A. Oh, lot. Yes. Oh. It'll come from the community lot all the way up here. I have, and I can, for next time, I have a picture of it highlighted exactly. Um, and I think you can actually find it online when you go to um, the council, council meeting. You can look at the attachments. I believe it's in there, too. I forget. There's a specific word for it, but it's within that council meeting. And that was two council meetings ago. But that's something I can have for next time to show you that project taking place by those ball fields and then which fencing would be replaced and the service department will be handling that. So that was just an update on money for the turfing things that we discussed. As Meg, you know, taking it one step further, talking about order and priority of our needs um, or what we think should be, you know, first, what we're working towards and what we're able to budget for. Um, you know, in my opinion, I think it's going to be between working on A, B, and C fields and then or replacing our turf at Blossom. You know, that's been holding up really well. A, B, and C does need some love right now, which they're working on. Um, but that's where my head's at with it, just in my personal opinion. I don't know if anyone else wants to provide feedback at this time, but I do think um, like Meg said, for, for all areas, we'll probably be asking feedback to see what, um, you know, our community and our usage is like. Has there been any consideration to Old Stadium, turfing anything down there because multi-sports can use it? I know they don't want to touch that game field. That, that's um, the field, um, the, the championship field. Game. Yeah, football field. Um, it drains really, really well. I don't see that being turfed. There was some talk about it, um, the practice field being turfed next to it, um, but that's part of the fields in this. So like when we talk about priority, that'll be part of the, our discussion as well. Do we get a sense of the city's appetite for this type of expenditure related to our facilities? Is this out of, I guess, is this out of line from what we might typically ask for? I don't think it's out of line, depending on, I think depending on the improvement and, you know, how many, who it benefits and the wide range of mm -hmm. sports it benefits. Um, you know, if, when I look to see, if I were to ask Mayor if we could turf all the three entire fields, A, B, and C, I think that would be very hard pill yeah. to swallow. Yeah. <laughs> um, but. You know, if, if it's something that we're really going to buy into, you know, he's the visionary for Brexville, so he would know if that would be the best fit for us or what we should be doing. Yeah, I mean, the the team that my one son plays on, we were just down at a Ripken Experience facility down in Kentucky, and that was turf infields, grass outfields. How was that it was, it was good. I mean, there was an hour and a half. There was a huge storm that came through on Sunday morning, and we were able to play within a half hour of that storm rolling through with no problems because that turf 
just drained all of it in the outfield. It was maybe a little soggy, but it wasn't where you couldn't play it, play on it. But if that would have been dirt, that we would have been probably washed out in for four or five hours. Right. And well, correct me if I'm wrong, Meg. Um, when we first started talking about it, one of her um, her feedback was maybe just focusing on our infields. Yeah. So our outfields would still be playable, but C is still doesn't drain as well, even in the outfield. So it's not the infield on C that's a problem, it's the outfield on C that's a problem. So that's why we're like, oh, do we turf the infield on A and B, and then all of C? Yeah. I don't know if that's something to look at, um, but then it's like, why not do the other two so they're all three, and then we have our portal fencing and all that utilization, but. Mm -hmm. I was gonna ask how much. I think that's why the discussion needs to move forward with maybe more people involved. This isn't just me deciding, yeah. you know, um, but it needs to move forward because like from a scheduling aspect, when you um, put a multi-purpose cross soccer, football field, and you also have baseball fields on there, now who's going to use that? So in the spring, which is the tough time of year to schedule games, are you going to tell baseball, you're not on a baseball field because you're putting soccer and lacrosse there. I mean, there's only five days a week. Parents only want to be on there from five to eight o'clock at night. I mean, so, True. I mean, there's a very limited time. So when I look at these numbers, kind of justifies what I'm thinking, is it be more advantageous to put in grass infield or turf infields only, and then use that other million dollars on maybe putting in another piece of turf that could be used for multi-purpose in another area that would give you, so you're gaining something. When we put a multi-purpose field on fields that we're gonna use for baseball, soccer, lacrosse, football, everything, we're not gaining anything. Mm -hmm. yeah. and, and that's my concern. So, and that, like I said, I know this year has been particularly hard um, for me to schedule the turf and, and I have baseball off it just about the whole time. The only thing that really has any significant presence baseball-wise is the summer uh, t-ball and machine pitch program. I bet baseball hasn't been on their baseball team, softball teams haven't been on there six times all year. I, you know, we stepped aside because it's not a baseball field to have soccer and lacrosse be able to meet their needs. And, in the fall, you know, soccer will be utilizing it, lacrosse will be using it for a clinic that the city puts on, and then for practicing for a tournament one day a week. And then additionally, um, I know flag football is looking to possibly have some of their games at the, that facility. So, mm -hmm. another big outcry that I get from the city, you know, from <coughs> people I'm talking to is Stadium Drive. And quite honestly, a lot of the things that I think they're talking about need to be addressed, but I think a lot of them are cosmetic. Mm -hmm. I mean, the facility does not look nice, but as far as the turf being playable, it's playable. I mean, it's good for practice, it's good for the games. I mean, there's usually not any problem down there. I know you guys talked to the school district as far as the game field. I mean, Games are not rained out because of the turf. Now, do all the other things need to be addressed? Yes. But, and 
how much money that takes to do that and what exactly people want. And then you're locked in there to park parking lines, which the city of Rushville was great this past year. Jane helped um, get the horticulture parking mm -hmm. area open and that area across the street from the stadium drive open. And that was a significant help to the football program for both school and the program. Yes, that was helpful, and there was a lot of positive feedback about opening up those parking. So I'm glad that worked out well for everyone. The parents were happy. When with the comments about Stadium Drive, so I think we spoke about it at one time that we had some, we received some grant money for that. Um, Jamie was in this meeting along with myself, the mayor, the, the service director, and then the previous service director, and some of the additional service guys that would be working on this project. Some of those improvements do include those bathrooms working down there, being cleaned up, straightened up. Um, the locker rooms also to utilize for the, the programs. Um, there will be bleachers on the, uh, like grandstands on the one side. There'll be some concrete port as well where the bleachers will sit on. And then there's a new scoreboard going in. And then possibly down the line, we're thinking maybe that we would build a small concession stand. Service would be building that concession stand, of course, with their talents. But um, those are some of the improvements which Meg commented is, is very much so cosmetic. So the building itself just needs a little bit of upgrade, just needs some TLC, and um, that'll be ready to go and I think a huge improvement down there. Rachel, has there ever been thought given to putting some kind of lights down there? I know in the fall, I've heard through the grapevine that um, the middle school is going to be practicing there. So our football program is going to be pushed back to start practice times. And there's really, with, with the light, there's only like one practice slot mm -hmm. available. The middle um, school. So we're really bumping up against darkness mm -hmm. in the fall for a field that needs a lot of use. I have not had any discussions about lights down there. I know I've right. talked to Jamie and he was telling me about the tennis courts and the lights shine down. I understand it's a, somewhat of a residential area, but if we could look into something that would just prolong the time that we can have kids out there. Um, like Meg said, the turf is a hot commodity. So yeah, just another area that we could... I had heard through the rumor mill that the middle school is going to be practicing down there as well, so that is on our 6-6 meeting list that we might need to find some other spot for yeah. But lights could help alleviate to be right. able to have two practice slots versus just one. And that's something also that could be looked at and it's being grant funded. I'm pretty sure Becky Reiser, our purchasing director, headed up the tennis court lighting project um, that was just in place with the brand new lights and those are wonderful. So that's also something that we can look at. Um, are temporary light, is temporary lighting an option? Like to lease mobile lighting units to come in just for eight weeks, however long we need them? I've never heard of, have you, Jamie, heard of temporary light? Yeah. Oh, really? Okay. I would not know what something like that was. Yeah. Just, oh. Yeah. Okay. I'm just curious, as an option, just, you know, in the short term, if it's a, hey, what would that, what would it be to, to run, yeah. you know, to have a couple of mobile units in here for eight to ten weeks, whatever it might be, just to, just to get it as an option. Or even a pricing option, if yeah. that would really cost us judging or comparing it to if we were to put our own in. Yeah. We did, I, just for whatever it's worth, my daughter practiced it at, where was it? I don't remember where, but it was for lacrosse. Their practices were in the fall. It was late, and they brought in some temporary lights. It was still really hard. I mean, maybe they didn't set them up 
the best way. Mm-hmm. But it was every time the girls would get in the car, it was like, oh, I got hit in the head six times tonight because you can't see when you're on this corner of the field or, you know, there's got you. at least the what they, sp- maybe yeah, how they had it. But I just would caution it being like a permanent fix. If yeah. it's, you know. This would be more of a short term yeah. interim solution. Mm-hmm. Something again, something to consider. I'm not sure what the viability of it is, but just worth looking into, perhaps. Service also talked about Yes. Mm. So fixing up all that concrete. Um, the new service director also poss- possibly mentioned the the cinder track that leads into potentially paving that as well um, to make it more mm-hmm. Yeah, when people are walking in. Mm-hmm. But I think that's why the complete plan kind of needs yeah. to be. Because we can't spoke it off and have it ready for the future. Right, and we spoke about like putting the conduit in for like if we were to run the concession stand and need you know electricity that way. So um, our building engineering department was on site as well. But that's something you know simple that we can simply put into right. the plan, especially if lights were something to come in the future. So and then and I don't know the answer to this question. So are three hundred thousand dollars worth of lights? That's probably what it'll cost, if not more, at stadium. Priority one over of fields, one of the fields is that more important to us? And again, I don't know the answer than something else than turfing fields at City Hall. I mean, I don't know the answer. To right. I don't think we lay a piece of turf in the city without lights. If there's no lights, I don't think we put turf. I think that's a bad investment. So, what you're saying is where there's already lights, you'd like some turf. Well, or we should add both. I'm saying that include lights in any place you're going to, mm. if you're going to put turfs, if there's not lights, there has to be lights. So yeah. to the out of the turf, I think lights have to be in the picture. Mm-hmm. No, I don't, do, I don't disagree with that comment. Yeah, Meg, I really like that idea of the infields and then finding another space. So we're adding something with all this. Yeah. Um, question I obviously think is probably finding that space uh, but I think you know another good starting point is probably polling like you alluded to all the different groups and you know finding out what their various needs or right. desires are and even though it wouldn't be necessarily and, Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, because I, I think that's a big question is if we did all those fields out there, infield and outfield, is that something that's, you know, desirable for soccer and lacrosse and any but multi-use fields or would they right. prefer? Right, because if you had two pieces of turf up there, you could dedicate one in the spring. Again, spring is the hard season because you have so many programs using the field. Mm -hmm. You could dedicate one to the lacrosse program and you could dedicate one to the soccer program and there lies the piece. Can you fit everything? I don't think that turf, the upper field, fits a full soccer or a full lacrosse field, though. I think it does. Yeah. I think Jamie, can you comment? I think when Brett measured it, it would be taking Perkins. It, a full full field would fit up there. It would take it right to the edge of. You'd almost need field, a fence, yeah. But you would have no perimeter for fencing. Yeah. yeah. And you need a fence for turf, correct? Yeah. I would hate to put a piece of turf. There's kids that ride dirt bikes up there all the time. I would hate for a kid to rip around on yeah. a turf field on a dirt bike. Another like option or something that's been thrown out there is the that our field, our Blossom Hill Field House. That if you're looking directly at the front doors, that big grass portion to the left of the building. But there's a like, you said you measured it out and it cannot fit the soccer field. It could fit a football field very tightly. Is that correct? The Boston Hill Field House and the big grassy area, like the bus oh, lane goes this way. Work. Yeah, I mean, because it's not flat at all. It would need serious work. And then parking again is another, could be another concern the, up there. When you're looking at it to the left of the field house? You're just looking straight at the field house. Like these are my front doors. If you're going so. to the park, to the bus entrance. Is that, that, is that big enough? No, the back side. It's right next to the side. It's right, and I, you know, it's it's not as it wouldn't be as big of a space as Nicolette Field. The other thing Field. about utilizing that land, I don't know if you if you look at the original city plans. It went that into field the house. I mean, that's supposed to be left because it's going to expand at some point in time. Right, which. For possibly indoor turf, that was the initial plan. You know, maybe maybe they find that they want more basketball courts instead, but to blow out that. Yeah. I mean, that's not going to happen in my lifetime. I don't think. <laughs> I'm old. Well, I mean, there was just <laughs> there was just talk about it: indoor, outdoor turf. What can we fit over on that side? Yeah. But then the concerns <clears throat> of the parking, concerned of getting into the wetland, not being able to touch anything. You got that bus lane going through there, so that's. What I'm saying is if you put anything in there, you're going to kill that other project forever because they're not going right. to. So, so I, I would hold on to that for that. Well, it depends what the ultimate plan would be. Maybe right. some of the options we discussed tonight were something that they were thinking for the future for that. Yeah. I don't know. Like I said, if, we, if it's going to be an indoor facility in the future, I think if it's indoor, though, that does limit our space depending on how far we're allowed to go to the side because of the wetlands. But I, I don't, you know, I don't know the exact measurements because it is definitely a smaller piece than Nikolai Field. But yeah, there, there's you know some options. I have a question. I know, like Nick, you mentioned, and Meg, you you both mentioned like polling people to see like what they'd like the fields to be but 
wouldn't you expect that everybody would say like turf as much as you can so that I can play my sport for like as long as I can I guess like what would we be expecting the whole results to say and then what would we utilize them for like how would we feed them into like our decision process I feel like the questions would have to be um, very uh, word, worded properly and uh, would just need to be very specific in what we were trying to do and, and not a ton of options. It'd be like, hey, we talked about eight different things, but we narrowed it down to the three of the first thing that we would like to do. Yeah, I don't think you, you know? put a poll out to like the masses and say, you know, I'm making a popularity contest so that, you know, baseball's campaigning to get all their people to answer their questions yeah, and lacrosse yeah. is doing I mean, you don't do that. But I think that you get like, you know, really some concentrated effort and say, you know, these are the components and then have the city decide. I mean, one mm -hmm. of the things that wasn't talked about in any of these discussions is, you know, what does the city say by, you know, how things go? So for example, I'm hearing about a temporary fence. The city does not have the labor to put up a temporary fence in between games to, to move it out another hundred feet. Oh, you mean the portable so fence? The portable fence, yeah. I mean, well, the like supervisors could do it. They, no, they can't do it. They can't do a 300 foot fence. Oh, the ones at the fields that everyone. It wouldn't be moved on it. It wouldn't be moved at. Like per game, I think it's yeah. like scheduling for it. Okay. You, the people that are out front here need to turn on their microphones because people are coming here. So, uh -huh. I think, as Jamie said, it wouldn't be moved like each night or that night. Like it would just be moved depending on what's scheduled down there for that day. But I'm just saying that this, what the city has to do, whether whatever field it is needs to be taken into consideration because maybe it's better for them to have a multi-purpose field that has lines on it and then they don't have to paint fields. Maybe that saves the city more money. Maybe it saves the city more money if they don't have to prep infields for baseball games. I don't know what the answer to that question is. Right, I don't know. So th those are where it has to, you know, the city has to take what the people in the rec department and the people that are running the travel sports, all of the travel sports, are you know putting forth and then they need to make the evaluation i don't think we've connected all the dots there was my point i, I think like a cost benefit analysis where you, like if we could have it like categorized by sport like the cost associated with each baseball across currently and i guess the benefit to the overall yeah. city i don't know how you measure that and if we if it's already measured but yeah i think that's important mm -hmm. I mean, we definitely want to make meet the needs of our whole community from, you know, birth to grave. And I mean, that was the initial uh, idea of Blossom and that property and the city's very, you know, uh, in tune to trying to meet, you know, and provide services for all of our residents and, you know, travel, rec programs, you know, what rec programs could be grown if we had different facilities and more usable facilities and it seems like a group of travel coaches through CVYO, Jamie, Rachel, like those are the people that all are in tune with the sports we provide. Yeah. And, yeah. and we those I mean, are we the best we have resources right here. I mean they're all gonna campaign for what they do, but 
when you put them all in a room and say, this is the pie, how are we going to cut well, it? We don't know what the pie is. Yeah, pie exactly. Do we have yeah, those numbers? Like, like, if the pie is changing and the slices of the pie are changing, we're never going to come to an answer. Like, we have to fix something in place. Meaning getting our pieces of pie to what we want and then placing them. Yeah, because we don't know what, what like, um, what, uh, what do you call it when you, what compromises we're going to have to make unless we know how, because maybe we can afford everything. And then nobody right, so has like to win. Side. <laughs> yeah, like, but I don't know if that's the case yet. Right, if we were to break it down and do a cost analysis of, okay, hey, if we were to turf A, B, and C infields first before we did anything else, this is how that would benefit it. This benefit us. This is how much money it would be saving us because we're not prepping X, Y, and Z. But oh, if we were able to go down to stadium and turf the practice field, this is how much it would save us, and this is the benefits that it would bring to us, and kind of weigh it that way. Yeah, absolutely, and I have like a break even, right? Like when, like so, the the cost savings, you know, over how many years? Yeah, when when does the cost justify that? It, I mean, it, it does feel like out of all of the sports, baseball probably has the best thing going for it right now, in all actuality. I mean, we've got, we've got fields E and F up at Blossom are in pretty good shape. Those are always, I mean, I think it's a testament to the service department that those are always very well-maintained and playable compared to other community fields that I've seen. So, you know, I think we're still, we're diving into details now when we don't really even know what the scope of, or the appetite is for something like this. So I, I guess my question would be, how do we... We have some pricing. We have some pricing, which is right. good, but I guess how do we move forward with getting a more comprehensive plan put in place so that it aligns with other city priorities as well? And maybe that's something that we take for, to the next meeting when AJ's back, hopefully. And, and if the mayor is here, we can, we can speak to him as well as what is this overall process for inserting these type of requests into a broader master plan for the city? And if yep, the city absolutely. has already defined that the overdue replacement of the turf at Blossom, which is utilized heavily by our soccer and our lacrosse program currently, if that's the number one priority, then at least we know that we're working with that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. And, you know, I'm not against anything on that. I just, I, we need to know and we need to define what that is. And if we have, you know, $2 million to work with or $5 million to work with, what are, what are we looking at? Or do we tell them, do we go to city council and say, hey, here's our plan. Yeah. And over the next five to 10 years, we need $7 million to accomplish all the things we want to get done, including lights at stadium and another turf field and so forth mm -hmm. I, I think that's what we need to develop I know that some money has been put aside for projects and I know that gets shuffled around each year right within capital yeah. with capital but and won't necessarily be allocated toward these projects as other needs come forward mm -hmm. so but City Hall looks nice with those yellow caps but that fence is about ready to fall down. Yeah. And there is probably on some of those things, there is, it's not touching ground. Like balls are going under them all the time and stuff. So those fences are fences in name only sometimes. 
Yes, they are holding on for dear life right now. And not that you, you know, I mean, maybe, maybe if they don't want to ever put turf on there, maybe replacing the fences is the priority. Mm-hmm. I mean, right. I, that's not my, you know. Depending on, like, yeah, budget yeah. and decision right. making. All right. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I, I, I agree there. I think the priority should be getting with the city, getting with Jamie and Rachel and all the various programs and seeing how we want to tackle this and really make a plan. Uh, now that we have a few numbers, uh, we can start to better figure out a plan. Uh, so moving on to uh, hopefully at the next couple meetings, we can do some more with uh, our master plan ideas. Um, but moving on to new business, uh, only thing we have is a home days volunteer sign up. As uh, AJ alluded to in his comments, uh, we would like all members of the Recreation Commission to help out with the uh, inflatables and just kind of uh, managing inside the horticulture building that uh, nobody, uh, nobody gets injured and everybody has a good time, basically. That's all you do for a couple hours. So there is a sign-up list. Uh, I'll, I'll pass that around. Uh, those of us who aren't here, we'll probably email this around as well. Um, but if everybody can take some time. Right. Um, yep. Just a comment on what you're saying, Nick. Uh, Carolyn will also send, a, send out a sign-up gen- genie. Is it genius? Sign-up genius. Genius. Yep. Okay, sign-up genius. And cool. um, so... If you were to fill out your name tonight or anything like that, we would put that into the schedule if you already know. Um, I know that's something AJ wanted to have in hand for tonight's meeting, so we just made sure that we have okay. that. All right. So all helps appreciated. Padmini and myself will be in that horticulture building um, both Saturday and Sunday while the games and inflatables are going on. We will be monitoring as well, but we still need some additional help because there's three inflatables. And then Sunday will be the, um, the petting zoo and stadium. All right. Very good. Yeah. All right. Thank you. We'll, we'll, with that, uh, we'll move on for any public comments. Nobody? Okay. Uh, all right. With that. Motion to adjourn. Second. Nicole, if you want to roll call. Was Andy motion? Andy second. Andy. Yeah. And Andy. Andy, Andy. Andy, Andy. Andy. Boy Andy. Andy. Girl Andy. Girl Andy first. Boy Andy second. Uh, Bullower. Yes. Hannah. Yes. Kern. Yes. Lazaridis. Yes. Molesky. Yes. Thank you. Adjourned. We are adjourned. Thank you.